All right, so it's finally happening. I am going to be joined by my best friend, Lacey Hudson, who has experience in the film industry. And we are going to be talking about Supernatural a lot in the coming months, because as you might know, we are coming up on the 15th and final season that is going to be airing this fall. Um, So she and I are taking on the task of reviewing every single season up until season 15 and we're breaking it down into halves for each season so it's gonna be a lot let's get into it so we're doing the damn thing it's finally happening Lacey. i finally got you on my podcast with a subject i know too much about so how this spawned was that i got an email from a listener asking me if I was going to be reviewing the final season of Supernatural on Afternoon Rants. And the funny thing is, what I didn't tell him is, well, sir, I would love to, except I've never seen the episodes in succession because you, my dear best friend, were the one that showed me them, but you would just show me the episodes you liked. So I had no like full understanding of the Supernatural lore, despite the fact that uh, it is a huge thing in Comic-Cons. You saw a through line of good episodes. You saw what you needed to see. <laughs> so anyway, I am joined on here by Lacey Hudson, and we are... Lacey, do you want to explain what, what idiotic thing we've decided to do during this quarantine time? We are re-watching all of Supernatural uh, <laughs> from season one all the way to this... Oh, God what it's become. And that's exactly someone's reaction when I told them. I was like, so what we're going to do is rewatch the entire thing. And they're like, you're going to get really upset by season eight or nine. Like, I don't know what specifically they said, but. I feel like Johnny Cash's Hurt is literally just the anthem of this. What (laughs) have I become, my dearest friend? (laughs) But back in the day, in 2005, Supernatural came out. And for a while there, was a big freaking deal like was the top rated show on cw and uh it 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 was we 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 liked it a lot actually on my time hop today i watched the first episode of supernatural i ever saw 11 years ago today oh my gosh (laughs) 11 years ago Oh, that's so weird. And the thing is, is that, you know, I keep on having to remind myself as I'm rewatching this very first season is that what a different world 2005 was for television, for for everything, for everything, for the dialogue and everything. So um, before we jump into our review of season one. We're doing we're going to break them up in half because Lacey had this great idea because she's like, that's a lot of that's a lot of content to get through. So we're going to break it episode one through 11 and then do the second half of the season. We're going to have to break it into two because it's just too much because back in the day with shows like that on cable, you had to be on for 22 episodes. (laughs) What we're going to do is we are going to give our, you know, idea of the show, what we feel about it, what we feel about. I mean, break it down from acting, soundtrack, graphics, everything and give it overall one out of five one to five wait how do you say that one through five chevy impalas we're rating it rate it by car we're gonna rate it by car (laughs) (laughs) so what a good car all right cool so all right do you want to 
Do you want to start this off with the uh, the big idea of the show? If you were just explaining it to someone who like has no idea what Supernatural is, even though I have no idea why you would click on an episode called Supernatural Review if you've never seen the show. Right. Yeah. Well, I get when it started. When it started, it was just a good old time of a monster of the week with a through line of family, love, and BMs. I can't say BMs on this. Would you say BMs? What is that? Bowel movements? It's the brotherly melodrama. Oh. <laughs> I was like, bowel movements? What? No. I forgot. That's not a thing. Yes, the BMs are the brotherly melodrama. So the pilot episode is basically here you've got these two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester. Sam is trying to live his life be in college. He's estranged from his family. His brother comes back and is like, hey, our dad is missing. You have to go back into the family business. Every time they said like a certain phrase that I know was really big in the supernatural like pop culture thing, I was like, wow. And there's a lot of them already off the bat in the first season kind of established it. I was blown away. So I kind of like I'm not rewatching them right now. I just remember them really well. Yeah. But the hot, hot take of every time hearing Dad's been on a hunting trip, he hasn't been back in a while. It's just yeah. will always be stuck in my head. What is it to the family business? It's uh, saving people, hunting things, the family business. Yes, exactly. There you go. They said it, and I was like, there you go. That's the end of the series. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have at least five shirts with just that tagline on it. And so these are basically our main characters, and they go off to search for dad. And even Eric Kripke, the creator, said that initially coming up with this story, there was no big idea besides two brothers going through these supernatural things, finding dad. And that was pretty much it. And that it was only until, and we'll get to this, but spoiler, at the end of episode 11, or episode 11, we were introduced to Meg Masters the demon who kind of would become a necessary antagonist that was kind of needed after about 10 episodes of monster of the week kind of deal. We had to introduce a second long going plot with telepathy and demons. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about acting first off in, uh, in season one. (laughs) You want to talk about some Dawson's Creek nonsense. (laughs) It, Do you want the Gilmore Girls with ghosts? Because we got it. <laughs> well, wasn't uh, Jared Padalecki? He was on. I've never seen Gilmore Girls, but I, I'm pretty sure his name was Dean on yes. Gilmore Girls, and that's what kind of got yep, him onto that. Character named Dean, and uh, Jensen Ackles was on one of the many soap operas. Well, the man is beautiful. Like I was, wasn't he a model at one point too? Yes, um, but we cannot say that and not also mention that Jared Padalecki is beautiful. Well, yeah, I think that's what initially got uh, some people involved already. They're like, well, I'm just going to whatever they say. But I will note that, you know, I think that the reason that a show like this has the longevity that it's had is because Jared and Jensen's performances are just what we have to remember at the end of the day. They're just so freaking likable. Like you just like them both. And they were so unafraid um, 
it wasn't it wasn't a contrived like television acting where oh it's a man crying but look how beautiful he looks these two were not afraid to go all out yes they were like we will give you pain we will be ugly we will mar ourselves like we're in this to win this this is a at its base a horror show and we're going to give you what you want yeah absolutely and i Truly, and I think it was a smart move on the creator's part where, and I don't feel like you see these chances being taken a lot anymore with television, but when you when you pick actors who, yeah, sure, they had minor roles in these things, but they weren't, to, to be able to be at the helm, you really have to, like, trust that these actors are going to be able to carry it. And given the fact that, like, we have to commend the fact that 10 episodes, there's no other real main character. You got Jeffrey Dean Morgan as their father, but we barely see him. It's just them carrying this. Well, we, um, I don't know if you've said anything about this or if you're going to, but we have our supernatural workout that we do. Yeah. Um, where we watch episodes and when certain, um, things happen, we will punish ourselves by doing sit ups, push ups, jumping jacks, blah, blah. But we have one that's entirely called microaggressions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These boys make the greatest subtle faces. That when we get further along, I will talk about my feelings on how that has changed and how the acting has um, been forced a little bit more. But back then, it was so subtle and funny and... uh, it was good acting. Yeah, it really was. Like, I feel like Jared is very good at being the kind of, he's a bit smarmy sometimes, a bit of a know-it-all, but that's kind of like his MO. And Dean is a bit of a, you know, he well, he's a flirt and he's hilarious. Yeah, back when he cared about women. Yes! I Okay, so, so let's talk about that. I forgot that... In addition to there being a monster of the the week, there would also be a woman of the week. There would be like a a, a woman, a damsel in distress, kind of every episode. <laughs> like for him, one hundred and ten percent. Sam is still trying to get over Jess, so he's not um, as active in the dating scene of the two thousands, if you will. Um, but there are in the episodes that we're talking about today a few where it's like Dean trying to get his brother laid but (laughs) it's just uh yeah no all these small things when they had the time to do and focus on them I remember actually my first experience watching Supernatural besides you showing it to me was my cousin Josh showing me the um the asylum episode for whatever reason like really stood out to him and I remember it actually being a little bit freaky to watch. There wasn't a lot of things on television at the time that were horror oriented for adults that were supernatural, not like criminal minds type of thing. I I can say I probably haven't seen the Asylum episode since about 11 years ago. Oh wow, yeah. But I believe and I could be wrong, but something from the episode is stuck with me and it's when the guy with the um, electrotherapy hand yes holds sam against the wall is that that one yes <laughs> yeah that's it's stuck in my head it will never leave there are some episodes i admit during this where you're like okay this is this is pretty hokey <clears throat> bugs um but <laughs> <laughs> there were some that i was like oh i forgot that this actually was you know, now I feel like if you were to we're looking at it through the lens of 2020 and American Horror Story and all these other things where it's like shock value is like, you know, exactly nothing it, new. 
this show, again, with the subtleties, it wasn't based on shock value. You didn't have, you had some stingers in the music end, but a lot of it was like, I think Bloody Mary is in the first. Yes. Yeah, Bloody Mary is like episode four or five. Just her being in the background of shots and there never being any cue. It's just you saw it and you were like, oh, no. Right. Yeah, it was a dread. Yeah, it was the dread. This is a really good time uh, in the 2000s when we were getting a lot of Japanese horror films in America yeah. circulating. Yeah. We had that new sense of horror. But also, I do want to say it's getting ahead, but it also needs to start here, is that this was when the show gave us implausible but plausible horror. So, like, with uh, the Scarecrow, mm-hmm. no one likes the Scarecrow. Um for the most part, I like to believe that scarecrows can't get up and throw hooks through my Achilles tendon and drag me through. <laughs> but I believe that any day over, like, you know, Lilith the demon coming to ruin my life because I'm so special. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is before, um, this is really, bef- this was a totally different show in the beginning um, because it, it yeah. didn't, yeah, it didn't deal with them. We're getting a little bit of hints of it because towards the end of the, you know, I think it was towards the episode 10 or no, it's episode nine home. You know, uh, Sam is starting to get these visions. So we know something is special, but I don't even think the creator knew what was special yet. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, because my brain thought of it, and I'm kind of derailing, but this is how my brain works, and you know that. The things we would learn during this show, and this is one of my favorite stories from the show, is that um, our favorite video game is Until Dawn. Yeah. And there is an episode, I think it's two in Supernatural, that is the Wendigo episode. Oh, yeah. And they go through the native Cree history of Wendigos. And it is because of what I learned on that show that I did not kill one of my characters in Until Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> you learned something. I did because it's there's a there's a thing in Until Dawn where your one of your friends who you you know is dead is screaming, and I took the chance to go down and get her, and then I was presented with a second chance, and all of a sudden my mind flashed. To 2008 Lacey, <laughs> watching Supernatural and going, they can mimic the sounds of your friends. And I ran away. I, I thought you were going to say, because of this episode, I became a Wendigo. <laughs> yes. As it turns out, I turned to cannibalism. I, I chose to be a monster once I watched these. <laughs> um, follow her on TikTok. <laughs> At Borky DeVere. (laughs) Um, But no, you're not derailing at all because I was going to get to that because there are, it almost feels like there should be like a sound effect because you'll notice in each of these beginning episodes that they're like, fun fact, uh, you know, they'll talk about Bloody Mary. Well, I heard that it was a a, a witch. Well, I heard that it was a, you know, a bride that was left at the altar. Like, and they both just say it like a Wikipedia page. It used to be, and it was a huge meme, and I don't know when it stopped. Um, but Sam would always say, get this. Oh, oh yeah, I guess he does. Yeah. 
And then you knew you were going to get a hot, hot fact. I just, we all, we all kind of knew the Bloody Mary legend. We got that one. We all knew the hook man. They took things that we knew and they were like, hey, this scared you. Now see it in person. Now, did you Um, feel like watching these episodes that they were sometimes, and I didn't read anything to confirm this, but sometimes I felt that they were paying homage to certain horror movies that were doing really well at the time. So like Scarecrow, Jeepers Creepers wasn't very far. When did Jeepers Creepers come out? Like, you know, it was early 2000s. So yeah, 2001. So yeah. But like, um, yeah, we had that. We had um, Bloody Mary, which ended up very like, oh, no, I mean, well, that one too. But even in the pilot, the woman in the white dress. Oh, yeah. What? It's just Samara from The Ring. But she's a mother. But, uh, you know, aesthetic wise, you're like, oh, no, we don't like wet white women in white dresses. <laughs> it was it was weirdly Sorry. sexual, too. I forgot that it was kind of sexual. The very first pilot, they're like, show your thigh when she's like she's kind of like hiking yeah. up her dress. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, can we talk a second about the fashion in 2000s, <laughs> in the 2000s and uh, just how different? Like I just real quick, I just some of these things that there there's puka shell necklaces making a yep. appearance and <laughs> like I feel like I was gonna say I feel like the Sam and Dean and Bobby like the hunters have never changed. They've got the plaid, they've got the layers, they're ready to go out, they're ready to take names. But watching the people around it, yes, see like. What was it? It was like a long cami. Um, you had that like barely covered your shorts. You had a strange placed belt for some reason. <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> your jean shorts had holes in them. The 2000s were a different time. I don't think people truly understand how yeah. that has haunted us. <laughs> the eyebrows are like plucked beyond belief. It's really the women yes. that I'm noticing it in is that I'm like, oh, this is an older show. <laughs> like, uh, and and yes. Sam pulls out his flip phone. you always knew if a uh, if a female was going to be important in the episodes because they were wearing a plaid something over their shirt they were wearing a layer and you're like oh she's here for business she's the business boy (laughs) i didn't notice that so how did you feel about the uh about the the soundtrack with it so this is what's wild to me is because you're rewatching it right now on Netflix. Yes. And the thing about Netflix, and I did go back days ago to watch one of my favorite scenes, which is unfortunately right outside of what we're talking about, but it's important. It's on faith. Originally, the soundtrack to one of these was Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Yes. You are rewatching it at a time where Netflix can no longer have the rights to those songs because these episodes are so old that they've lost their copyrights to them or their rights to them. Oh, so the my is not the same now. God, dude, my mind is blown that you said that. I am so glad that you said that because I was going to literally say to you, am I losing my mind or why does all the music like suck in this? It's like this really like cringy like um it's like the stuff that i find for like you know background like wallpaper music you're like what is this so oh my god that changes so so much because there were a couple times where i could literally remember that scene and you know we'll talk about it later in the next episode too but but in faith where i was like 
Why do I feel like Don't Feel the Fear the Reaper would work so much better? Did they not get the rights yet? Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. There's a there's a song with Styx's Renegade later on. Um, I mean, even on some of the episodes, you don't even get Carry On My Wayward Son. I've never gotten it yet. I thought that this was something that like maybe got introduced later. So are you telling me that it was in the first season? I'm so angry. <laughs> I mean, they literally, they don't, they haven't renewed their rights to the music. So people who are watching it now or picking up now will never get that same, um, that same feeling, that same drive they did when it first came out. And that makes me so angry. Dude, it makes me really angry too, because it really does shift. Music is so important when it comes to film and to TVs. And to TV shows and and noticing that those songs were gone. And I did notice it. I was like, maybe they just weren't popular enough yet to get those rights. Because I was like, part of the the thing that made Supernatural so popular, I feel like, was because it was so um, easily accessible, like for lots of different people, different ages and different whatever, because of the music in part, you know? Yeah. It just. It's yeah. not there anymore. Like, Dean, the driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole, that whole issue. It's not even as funny anymore when it's just playing, like, background. Know, WW bottom instead of ZZ top. I don't know. Yeah, WW bottom. That's exactly what it is. It's like just. And I really did because they even mentioned, like, he's got these, like, you're listening to Metallica, Motorhead, and then enough, and then nothing plays. And I was like, maybe they didn't yeah. have. So that explains a lot now. Anyway, okay. So, so moving on. So, um, you know, just real quick graphics. <laughs> Early Listen, to- <laughs> it was 2000s. We didn't have what we have today. Yeah. We didn't have the LIDAR. We didn't have, we didn't have charts and balls. We didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. We had it. It just wasn't as good. No, it's just, it's, I, I also am reminded of, like, uh, Doctor Who was also really starting to get big around this time. Man, what a great year for television. Um, but, great? yeah, but the, but I remember also thinking, like, wow, graphics are just not there yet for TV. No, gosh, the, the demons, when they turn into smoke, yeah, the way that they are rasterized and layered on the image of the footage gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just because I'm thinking of demons being spouted out, I don't like the uh, the what is the plane episode called? Oh, it's uh, oh 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 it um, Phantom Traveler. Yeah, I don't like that episode. It's got nothing to say. It's it's not a hot take. I just I. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. So, so with that, what, you know, I think we've spoken a lot right now about what worked with the series, honestly, but what didn't work with uh, the first, which is hard to say, this is going to be easier to say as we move on down the line, I'm sure. But like right now, what didn't work? Saying Christo to find demons that didn't work for them ever again because they never tried. <laughs> that was so weird. That was that was the one time they did that, and I was like, I don't recall them ever trying this again. This seems very easy. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I, I guess we do have to give it a little bit of our time. The episode bugs. Yes. Yeah. Because listen, I get where they were coming from. Bugs. 
scary, crawly, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else did we get that from that episode aside from like these brothers posing as this like you know normal family people? And I believe someone thinks they are dating. Yes, they actually make a joke about because they are looking into a housing development together and they're like, we um, accept anybody of any race, class or sexual orientation. And they say it twice. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if this joke would fly now, if they would write it again in 2020. It was weird and kind of unnecessary because I felt like being homosexual was the butt of the joke, and I didn't like that. Uh, spoiler alert, that joke not only flies, but people write fan fiction upon fan fiction about it. Producers are so aware of it that it is written in the script as a joke. It makes me so angry, but we will get there when we get all the way to <laughs> season 10, where I start screaming. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the, the whole episode with Bugs, I mean, it's a, it's a really flimsy thing anyway. You know, they're going to this housing development. They learn about these bug-related deaths in town and then come to find out that the Native American settlement uh, erased by U.S. Calvary massacres early 19th century and then the chief had laid a curse. And also, by the way, I was thinking to myself, poltergeist when I was watching this. I was like, oh, so poltergeist, basically. Yeah, and they gave us bugs. Yeah, and they didn't even give us poltergeist. They gave us bugs. I was like, I was gonna say, but also bugs is bookended by Hookman, which is something that is genuinely. There is a shot in Hookman where one of the when you get your you know uh, first five minute murder of the mm-hmm. show of the episode, where a girl closes her door and the Hookman is just standing behind it. Yes, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's like a legend we all know. Right. It's horrifying. And on the other end of Bugs is Home, where you see their mother for the first time after she's been burned on a ceiling. And then in between, there's Bugs. Right. And and that definitely, Bugs definitely felt like, and I think this would kind of segue into our next thing about the weakest and the strongest episode. Bugs was definitely, I mean, between, for me, Bugs and Phantom Traveler, I felt like it was a reminder that, hey, back in the day with TV shows before streaming and all this, you got signed on for this many episodes, like for 22 episodes. So you got to come up with some content and like string it along. So with there not being a lot of things going on right now, now and us not knowing that they're the chosen Winchester bros and we're just doing the monster of the week, there's definitely going to be some flops in there. Like, for sure. Yeah. Filler. You know? Bugs, we're looking at you. What is the best episode in through uh, episode 1 through 11? I mean, I think, in my opinion, where I love Skin, I love uh, how Skin later works into the seasons everything. Mm-hmm. I have to give it to the pilot because this is a show that was on TV and it was like, hey, look at this woman burning on the ceiling. Isn't that intriguing? <laughs> Isn't that intriguing? <laughs> <laughs> a short story of how I got into this. Um, my, you know, high school boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. um he and his family were very into the show. And he uh, basically was like, hey, we're going to watch this. And I was like, I hate television. I'm too cool for TV, but fine. Yeah. Um, and he put it on the TV 
And I remember just like starting it and being like, oh God, why am I doing this? And then suddenly there was a woman burning on the ceiling and I was like, what? <laughs> and then I went from woman burning on the, ce- on the ceiling to hot boy. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I went from hot boy to another woman burning on the ceiling. Hi, Jeff. And when I was like, what? And then suddenly there was a ghost woman yeah. and there were men in pain and I was hooked. This isn't going to happen so often, but I'm also going to agree with you on that um, because it really did. It took four episodes for them. Surprisingly, after Phantom Traveler, they were like, okay, give them 22 episodes. Give them a season. But like... <laughs> pilot was I mean not a lot of times do you find in shows that a pilot you, you always hear this where it's like oh we'll just get past the first whatever you know how many episodes and then it starts to get good but honestly this had a really crazy ass premise from the very beginning and also shout out to Jeffrey Dean Morgan's agent for just like <laughs> uh, somehow inherently knowing that he was going to be involved in these shows that were going to do spectacular but also be very groundbreaking like sure. I have two honorable mentions but pilot for me is what's your honorable mentions um bloody mary uh-huh um because that was our first kind of in-depth look into the bms we would later have <laughs> you um, gotta call this something else <laughs> i know i'm standing by bm but it's like you know you get to see sam blaming himself and you get to see where the show is going to kind of give you the BM. Show is <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll close it up. Um, but yeah, that one. And then Scarecrow. And the reason I I still do love Scarecrow is because this was in the 2000s when paganism was still scary. <laughs> when not everybody you met was a witch was a self-proclaimed witch yeah i i agree that was scarecrow would have been my runner-up because of the whole uh it was like midsummer and wicker man <laughs> and yeah. jeepers creepers mixed together <laughs> it's like i don't want to be that person who spoils it but this girl's parents are like sorry honey We've got to give you, I forgot which God it is. I'm so sorry. Because, I mean, you got to go. It's for the greater good. And the greater good is a horrifying um, entity, if you will. Yeah. Veneer. Um, in In any trope, the greater good is horrifying. But it's like this show went, listen, we're going to give you crazy religious middle aged women in a small town. But by God, there's also going to be a scarecrow. Now, would you say Veneer was the scariest monster for you? Is that who was that was name? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the Hookman and the Scarecrow have similar weapons, where the Scarecrow has a sickle. Mm. Um, I think I'm more afraid of the Hookman because of the way that the characters react to it, where the if you remember in the beginning of Scarecrow, the opening uh, murder of the morning, mm-hmm. the Scarecrow turns and looks directly at the woman. She watches his head move, and all she does and goes, that's all she does. She just does a little gasp. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? The hook man was hiding behind a door and not in plain sight, and I don't like that. So before I 
decided in a quick decision last night that we were going to separate this. I had already had kind of in my head what I was going to do, but that's not till the second part of this season. So, uh, instead, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm curious to know if our opinions will be the same on that. But I would say from 1 to 11, um, uh, Asylum, honestly, probably freaked me out the most just because it's this crazy doctor and it's also for me uh, personally in my wheelhouse of things that I like when it comes to horror movies and to like uh, lores and stuff like that I I prefer like ghosts and things like that Um, so yeah I gotta give it to Asylum Uh, the the I don't know what this dude's name is. The ghost of the doctor is the scary Mental one. Mental health is horrifying. Um, all right. And before we, you know, wrap this up. So, like, overall score, 1 through 11, out of Chevy, five Chevy Impalas, what would you give this? I mean, the first 10 episodes, I have to give them four Chevy Impalas because they have so much room to grow. Yes. Yes, I and would. Then it will stay at five Chevy Impalas for a long time, and then it will fall right down into the land of Fords and Lincolns. Yeah, they're like um, they're like cookies. Yeah, four out of five Chevy Impalas definitely because they're like cookies that are almost ready, but they're still too gooey. And I don't care what you cookie dough eating heathens say. That's not the way I like it. Like I need them to be a little bit more substantial. So we just need a little bit more. We need a little bit more time to figure out this Meg Masters thing, and then yeah. It would be really, really great. And I think that's also what Eric Kripke was getting at, too. He was like, okay, we can't keep up this pace of, like, coming up with, you know, if they had done that, this would have been a burnout series. And within three seasons, if they had just done Monster of the Week, as much as I like it, it, you would have eventually run out of, like, different ones. It it was not sustainable, but did it need to be sustainable past five seasons? (laughs) That's for next time. <laughs> Remember when you could just salt and burn the remains? Bum, bum, bum. Until next time. <laughs> the road so far. <laughs> <laughs>